This is the APS China Monthly, July 2022. The Briefing The Path to Reopening The National Health Commission on June 28 halved the quarantine time for inbound travellers at centralised facilities to 7 days from 14 and reduced the subsequent at-home health monitoring to 3 days from 7. Quarantine requirements for close contacts of people tested positive for COVID-19 are also relaxed. China removed in May some COVID-19 test requirements for people flying in from countries such as the United States. World-beating equity rebound China's equity markets extended gains into a fifth week, bringing them close to a bull market as investors turn increasingly upbeat amid East pandemic curbs in Shanghai. The rebound in Chinese equities, which started in April while stocks elsewhere were still selling off, does not seem to be losing momentum going into July, outperforming the MSCI World Index by over 20 percentage points in the three months to June 28. Shangri-La Dialogue China's Defence Minister Wei Fenghe and Pentagon Chief Lloyd Austin held their first ever in-person meeting on the sidelines of the Shangri-La Dialogue hosted by Singapore. A Chinese readout described the hour-long meeting as, quote, candid and constructive, unquote. The very fact that both Defence Ministers meet, I think it did give some comfort. Singapore's Defence Minister Ng Eng Hen told a press conference. Both have said there is no need to choose sides, but whether that's the reality, I think only the facts will speak for themselves, said Ng. Fanky Chairman Calls Property Bottom China's real estate market showed early signs of a rebound, with new home transactions growing 8.8% in May from the previous month in the 17 major Chinese cities that the China Index Academy monitors. The property market has bottomed in the short term, with a clear month-on-month rise in sales in June, said Yu Liang, chairman of the nation's number two developer, China Vanki, though he cautioned the recovery will be slow and mild. He saw some recovery in the secondary housing market in June, with 50% of first- and second-tier cities recording higher asking prices. Signs of economic recovery China's economy showed some improvement in June as COVID restrictions were gradually eased, based on Bloomberg's aggregate index of eight early indicators returning to the neutral level after deteriorating for two straight months. The APS China Monthly Essay, July 2022 Marshmallow Challenge and Shifting Tides by Wang Kangning There is a tide in the affairs of men, which, taken at the flood, leads on to fortune. William Shakespeare, Julius Caesar Until just five quarters ago, China internet companies had been the place to crowd for phenomenal returns. Boasting the world's largest internet user base, and world-leading 5G mobile capabilities. 
the internet sector enjoyed supernormal revenue growth and produced dozens of multi-baggers in a few short years. However, the bull run came to an abrupt stop after the much-hyped IPO of Ant Group, the financial arm of Alibaba, was suddenly called off on the eve of its debut. Since then, the sector has been beleaguered by a series of regulatory crackdowns. China authorities have increasingly probed the anti-competitive practices of the internet giants. At about the same time, the SEC brought to force the Holding Foreign Companies Accountable Act, which demanded access to and inspection of auditing details for US-listed foreign companies. As most Chinese internet companies are listed in the US as American depository receipts, investment sentiment towards the sector quickly turned cautious and numerous nervous investors cut their positions. Regulatory crackdowns are certainly the catalyst that triggered the sell-off, but regulation alone cannot explain the sector's whopping 73% crash from the peak. Bracket, measured by the Crane Shares CSI China Internet ETF, ticker symbol KWEB. Close bracket. There are reasons more fundamental to the changing landscape of the sector. Growth sectors that went awry, diminishing online traffic, quote, dividend, unquote, and increasing participation of short-term investors. While these headwinds are unlikely to turn around in the next few quarters, long-term-minded investors should actively look out for the next wave of innovations at a time of pessimism. Strategy Formation Lessons from the Marshmallow Challenge In our 2018 internet thematic report, quote, from omni-channel to omni-scenario, unquote, we compared retailers' growth strategies to the Marshmallow Challenge, an experiment designed by Peter Skillman to analyze collaborative strategy formation. The experiment involves the task of constructing the highest possible freestanding structure with only 20 sticks of spaghetti, one yard of tape, and one yard of string, and with a marshmallow on top. Bracket, figure one, close bracket. Repeated experiments show that kindergartners are regularly able to build higher structures than business school graduates. The conclusion is that strategies for solving new problems should start with testing a prototype first and followed by continual improvements, rather than forging a seemingly well thought through plan beforehand as taught in business schools. Figure 1. Kids working on a marshmallow challenge. An example of failure we raised in that report was Shunfen Hike, a community grocery retailing model designed by Shunfeng Express, a well-respected express delivery company in China. The concept was to open community grocery stores by leveraging Shunfeng's already vast 
National Logistics Network. The business plan looks sensible, but after opening more than 3,000 stores in just six months, the business model was proven to be not viable and the stores were quickly shut down in 2015. It was estimated that Shunfeng incurred a loss of CNY 1.6 billion for this intuitively logical business plan. This amount, alas, is only to pale in comparison with the losses incurred by community group buying platforms. Starting out in Hunan province, the community group buying business model tries to sell groceries to households by collecting group orders in advance and making the deliveries to nearby collection points the next day. The premise was that, by collecting the orders in advance, retailers can make precise purchases of groceries, especially perishable goods, and therefore avoid wastage. The idea again seemed very sensible and opened the gate to an untapped market of CNY 4 trillion. Almost overnight, every e-commerce platform flocked into this new promising area. After investing more than CNY 50 billion and commissioning around 2 million quote, group leaders, unquote, the group buying platforms generated an aggregate CNY 300 billion of transactions in 2021, but could not make a profit. In fact, the losses were appalling. For May Tuan, it is estimated that Meituan Select, its community group buying business, made a loss of CNY 5 billion in the fourth quarter of 2021 alone. This translates to an operating margin of around negative 15% by our estimation, bracket, even before taking into account related headquarter costs, close bracket. The major community group buying platforms such as Pintuotuo's Tuotuo Mai Tai and Alibaba's Tao Tai Tai also made losses of billions of CNY in that quarter. Despite huge investments into the business, community group buying has not achieved its desired results. With an average order size of only 10 yuan and gross margin of only 12% bracket before coupons and subsidies close bracket, the gross profit margin is simply too thin to make up for the 5% to 8% subsidy costs, fulfillment costs of more than 10%, 5% commission costs, and 7% administration costs. Based on these 2021 operating metrics, the prospect of achieving profitability for this business model is still very daunting. Massive investments into unproven digital business models are not limited to e-commerce. Ride-hailing, video streaming, online knowledge sharing, telehealth care, and crowdfunding insurance, all these innovative and disruptive ventures have yet to generate any profits. The design of the business models seem very sound, but very few were able to withstand the challenge of that fluffy marshmallow that is, to make profits. Diminishing online traffic, quote, dividend, unquote. Selling groceries online requires no magic and hence has almost no entry barriers. 
the idea was already around from almost the very beginning of the internet. But carrying out such an endeavour proved to be notoriously difficult, with cost structures stubbornly high. Not a single company had been able to run a profitable, pure online grocery business, despite over 20 years of repeated attempts. Despite the ominous warnings from their failed predecessors, e-commerce platforms in China poured tons upon tons of money into this unproven business model. What compelled them? The answer lies with the diminishing online traffic, quote, dividend, unquote, or the tailwind of bringing offline transactions online. In the last two decades, the internet has been one of the major drivers of economic growth. Along with the surging internet users and data traffic, many sectors that barely existed 20 years ago mushroomed out of the internet ecosystem, such as food delivery, live video streaming, virtual reality, etc. In June 2021, the total number of internet users in China surpassed 1 billion for the first time. This milestone, however, doesn't bode well for the future of the internet platforms. At a penetration ratio of 72%, almost every individual between the age of 10 to 65 is already on the internet. If we look at product categories in online transactions, most high-margin product categories like cosmetics, apparels, toys and appliances already have online penetrations of around or above 40%. It is becoming extremely difficult for internet companies to sustain the supernormal growth rates they achieved in the past 20 years. Fearful of the prospect of slowing growth, internet platforms were compelled to move into new growth areas, among which are grocery retailing and healthcare services. These new areas, touted as new growth drivers, may or may not be able to produce a profit. To be fair, new business initiatives always come with risk, and usually the bigger the potential, the greater the risk. Some initiatives will eventually evolve into breakthrough innovations that will create new demand in new industries. Professor Joseph Schumpeter, the renowned economist, used the term, quote, creative destruction, unquote, to describe the dismantling of long-standing practices in order to make way for new technologies, new kinds of products, new methods of production, and new means of distribution. But breakthrough innovations do not follow a random stochastic process. Rather, as Schumpeter noted, they tend to happen in clusters and therefore create innovation, quote, waves, unquote. Not all venture capital funds are designed to be compatible with the clustering nature of breakthrough innovations. Excesses are usually built up at later stages of the innovation cycles, as higher returns in the earlier years attract new capital. This time around, the situation is even more precarious. By September 2021, the total AUM of venture capital surpassed USD 2 trillion, with a quarter of this amount raised in just the past nine months. Private equity funds also ballooned to USD $6 trillion. With so much money on hand, VC and PE firms 
were struggling to deploy their capital. It is no wonder then that business plans with questionable prospects could also easily find avid suitors. Increasing participation of short-term investors. The situation was further exacerbated by the massive inflow of investors with short-term horizons, particularly the hedge funds. Lured by the enviable returns, these investors rushed in for quick returns in a market more suited to long-term commitment. As many hedge funds use leverage and have shorter duration as well as lockup periods, they are very sensitive to short-term operating metrics like active user growth, monthly transaction value growth, etc. Such intense focus on short-term performance also affected the behaviours of the publicly traded companies that the funds invested in. Instead of pursuing exploration, many companies under the great pressure to deliver quick wins embarked on exploitation to try to leverage on their dominant market positions. When too much capital is pursuing limited opportunities, expectations of future returns will change, and this time they changed quickly. According to a new MIS survey of the top 25 investors in venture capital and private equity, at the end of 2021, 70% of growth investors expected the valuation of their investments to hold steady or rise. Just a few months later in March 2022, 95% of these investors were expecting lower valuations in the coming 12 months. Internet companies in either China or other developed countries were among the first to be hit badly when the hype started to cool down. Besides the short-termism of hedge funds, the incentive mechanism design brought about by the public equity market also magnifies wild share price swings. Stock-based compensation has become a very significant part of employee compensation. It is a scheme aimed at incentivizing core staff and aligning their interests with shareholders. This ingenious design, however, is getting excessively used in growth companies. Based on the 2021 annual results of the top 20 internet companies by market capitalization in China, stock-based compensation on average accounted for 17% of their selling, general, and administrative expenses. High reliance on stock-based compensation is not only unique to companies in China. In the US, a high SBC slash SG&A expenses ratio is even more pronounced among software as a service providers. So for the top 25 SaaS players by market capitalization, bracket, which include prominent names like Salesforce, Adobe, and ServiceNow, close bracket. SBC had averaged 31% of their respective SG and A expenses, almost double the ratio of their Chinese counterparts. Such dependence on stock-based compensation can precariously subject companies' growth strategies and hiring plans to their share price performance. 
founders, shareholders and employees will be happy when share prices are going up. But when share prices experience a major pullback, the Apple card will be upset. This is happening among Chinese internet companies from only this year. Starting from March 2022, news surfaced one after another that internet platforms are cutting their workforces substantially, ranging from 10% to 30%. In several cases, 70% to 80% of the staff in non-core business units were asked to go. Since such massive layoffs were undertaken as soon as the share prices plunged, which begs the question of who essentially were paying for the workers' salaries, the companies or their shareholders. On the lookout for new tides. In his seminal book, On Top of Tides, Dr. Wu Jun, a former senior expert at Google, reviewed the great trends that created and crushed technology giants over the last 100 years. The IT industry has demonstrated very vividly the several major waves of innovations that pushed the industry forward ever since the first introduction of electron tubes. In the shifting tides of technologies, some of the quote, new age, unquote, companies managed to survive till today, while many just became history. While rising tides had lifted all boats, the receding tide now is exposing the ones who have been swimming naked. Momentum chasing by short-term investors has led to the eventual, quote, awakening, unquote, from exuberance. But this does not mean investors should totally lose heart. Visionary entrepreneurs and investors can make great fortunes riding the waves. While the digitization of transactions might have already passed its peak, numerous fronts are yet to be digitized. Factory automation, Internet of Things, AI-enabled bioscience, additive manufacturing, killer applications based on 5G technology, and autonomous driving are among the new frontiers of innovations open to Chinese internet companies. These new frontiers needed for the modernization of China are numerous and vast, as the country has yet to produce many, quote, hardware technology, unquote, giants such as Intel or Qualcomm. Both hardware technology and software companies can capture these opportunities. Although many internet companies will fizzle out as competition intensifies and new technologies emerge, some will emerge stronger as a result of their remarkable entrepreneurship and resilience amidst these new waves. Wang Kangning, CFA, is the Senior Investment Director of APS Asset Management. He has been with APS since April 2004 and has 19 years of experience in the fund management industry. He was previously with Philips Securities Private Limited as an analyst from January 2003 to April 2004. Mr. Wang has a Master's in Engineering from the National University of Singapore and a bachelor's degree from Shanghai Jiao Tong University.